Tell you what the podcast, where we talk with music makers about the craft of songwriting, live performance, all of it. This episode, we talk with Nashville-based singer-songwriter Katie Pruitt. Katie has an excellent new album, her debut full-length, just out this month on Rounder Records called Expectations. Katie grew up in a Southern Christian family, and some of this album documents her journey and her struggles coming out as a gay woman in that environment. She also tackles other difficult emotional topics, toxic relationships, mental health issues. I find her writing and creating here quite uh, courageous as she definitely addresses these very personal topics. Katie was also very brave and generous in our chat as she discussed these songs, uh, talking about the tricky terrain she was navigating as these songs came together. But as she tells us, ultimately this process of creation led to personal growth and uh, greater understanding, both of herself and with her family and the others in her life. Maybe not so much a happy ending in this case as perhaps it is a happy beginning as Katie seems on the brink of an impressive artistic career. Katie also possesses an absolutely stunning voice, as powerful as they come, while at the same time it is quite expressive and dynamic. I urge you to listen to the record yourself. You're in for a treat. And go see Katie with her band on her current extensive tour in support of Expectations. Many thanks to Neil and Clay at Eclipse Music Group for helping put this interview together. Much appreciated. If you like what we're doing here at Tell You What, please tell a music nerd friend about us or post something out on the wires. Spread the love. Get these great young artists the attention they rightly deserve. So let's get to it. Here's our Tell You What discussion with Katie Pruitt. Katie Pruitt, welcome to Tell You What, the podcast. What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. I'm in Evanston uh, at Tell You What headquarters, high above the uh, metropolis of Evanston, Illinois. You are in Nashville, is that right? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, in my bedroom, yes. All right. Um, So as we record this, you're getting pretty close to, or closer to the release date for your first full-length record, Expectations. Yeah, that's right. Busy, but, but pretty exciting time for you. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I just got the vinyl in yesterday, which I'm really, really stoked about. Got to like hold it in my hands, which, I mean, yeah, I've been waiting for that moment for a while now, so it's pretty cool. That's, that's great. We really appreciate you taking the time out of this busy, your busy schedule you have right now. I've had the chance to listen to the record a few times. It, I think it's just wonderful. I, I really love the songs, and your performances are really, really remarkable. You must be pretty proud of what you've done. Yeah, I, I am proud. It, it sort of took, it was a long road to um, to uh, recording this record, so I feel like I learned the appropriate amount of things I needed to learn before before uh-huh. recording it, so I feel good. It feels like a, a full circle moment for me. Good. Well, let's back up, if we can, uh, a lot. Let's talk about <laughs> cool. your background. Uh, the, let's talk about like your early earliest exposures to music, like what kind of music you heard around your house growing up or around the the area where you grew up? Yeah, my first introduction to music was definitely um, in middle school. I got really into, um, I got really into like musicals and like Broadway and Mm -hmm. really thought that was the route I wanted to go. Um, Especially I just sort of fell in love with like the aspect of like telling a story throughout a whole show and like the aspect of live performance. Right. Um, So I just like got obsessed with those songs and would just sing them over and over again (laughs) um even though i had never seen an actual proper broadway show just like in my house in georgia as a middle school kid just um obsessed with broadway so that was like the first time i i started getting into live performance and songs and stuff like that and then um but my mom sort of always played guitar and she taught me you know chords and um I sang with her in church. Um, so when did you first pick up the guitar then? Uh, probably sixth grade. Um, okay. She she taught me, you know, G, C, and D and yep. E minor. I was pretty, like, entranced with just how many different combina- – like, how many different songs you could play with four chords. So that definitely got me um, – that got me started. But I was still sort of more in, like, in my head I was going to be a Broadway <laughs> – on Broadway. Did not, you ever get on the stage? Player. Oh yeah, I mean, I did like you know community theater and stuff like that, and that in was high school. Yeah, um, no, in middle school. Okay. Um, in high school, um, I sort of like transitioned from like a private Catholic school to like a public school, which is a which was probably like the biggest culture shock um, of you know that age for me. Right. So, I don't know. I kind of like got to high school and was like, man, I I don't know. It's weird. I feel like at certain high schools doing musicals is cool at mine it wasn't cool so (laughs) i was like man if i want you know if i want to make some friends like i better uh i better pick something else that that's cool and i knew those four chords on guitar so that's kind of what i what i started doing instead i was just saying that when i was in high school it was cool to be in the musical yeah i I know musical I've talked to many people and they're like, really? Like at my high school, it was like the coolest thing to be in musicals. I was like, well, maybe I'd be a different person if that were the case for me. But, um, well, that's just what the people who were in the musicals always say, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. The people in the theater department were like, it's really cool. And the people right. I was friends with were like, no, dude, don't do that. So you so, found another group, another path. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I found a couple friends where we would like just meet up after school or during school. I mean, some, sometimes you'd, bring your guitar to school yeah we would just like jam on on like green day covers like dave matthews band and like whatever songs were like we were listening to at the time so when did you start to write your own music um probably like midway through high school like 
definitely like a couple years of gaining a little more confidence on guitar and like covering songs first and mm-hmm. then um probably about my junior year of high school i was like well this can't be this can't be too hard to come up with something you know so i just i mean you know when you cover enough songs you sort of like you sort of start to realize that there's a there's patterns and there's like a certain song structure and so that's sort of what i emulated and i kind of just emulated my heroes until i felt like i started having my own voice right. um fast forward to sort of like senior year i would take my friend teddy to to um school every morning because like he couldn't drive for legal reasons i won't go into that but uh couldn't drive so i would take him to school and we would uh chill in his room before school and smoke pot am i allowed to say that you're allowed to say that i'm in illinois anybody can say okay yeah that's right that's right i forget (laughs) i'm in the south so i have like a automatic filter on it um but even though like check out my instagram and like there's no subtlety there at all um (laughs) But yeah, so we would like, you know, we would wake and bake in his room and we would um we'd play songs and I remember like the first time I showed him a song that I wrote and he was just like it was the first time I like genuinely felt like someone thought something I created was like good. Um, right. He was like, "Katie, like no seriously, like that's a good song." And I was <laughs> like, "Really? Cool. I'll keep doing it, you know." So that was um that was a big encouragement for me and I would always it just sort of became an outlet for me to express myself. I definitely, like, didn't really, like, date anybody in high school. Like, all my friends mm-hmm. were doing that. So, like, my motivation, you know, was was making songs. Like, and that, that just felt like my thing. And no, no one really else, like, in my high school was doing that. So it felt unique. And then I moved to Nashville, you know. <laughs> it's like, yep. oh, not unique at all. Well, um, what about performing, though? When 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 did you start? performing your your music out in public um well i I guess senior year me me and teddy would uh we would get a bottle of wine and go do like open mics around my hometown okay um so that was like the start of it i guess um aside from like me live performing um you know in like musicals but that was different um yeah so we did open mics and then um in college i kept doing open mics because i just I just felt like I learned a lot every time I got in front of people. And you were um, playing originals at some of these open yeah, mics. Yeah, at, at least one or two originals every every time I would do an open mic, and sometimes I would do covers, but mostly originals just because I feel like that's a little more vulnerable and scary, and I felt like I would always like learn something about myself or like about the song or about the way people react reacted to the song. So that just felt like sort of a way to grow. Um, yeah. and I could like genuinely feel that. So I just kept doing it and it helped me a lot just getting out in front of people, even though I was really scared to, <laughs> to be judged. But like, yeah, it's, um, it's good to have that self-awareness. So, and then, yeah, I kept doing that, um, moved to Athens, Georgia in college. And that's like sort of a, that's way more of a music town than my hometown, which is sure. called Johns Creek. And it's a suburb in North Atlanta. Um, yeah, Athens. So that was like an inspiring thing to spend a couple of years in Athens. Um, I quickly kind of like got bored of the drinking culture and the, like the football tailgate. Like I just was like, all right, this isn't, I don't want to do this every weekend, you know? So yeah. I found a group of guys that I befriended and they were in a band. And so I kind of just like started singing with them and writing with them. And that was kind of like 
my frat or my sorority, you know, like everyone else I knew was in like a fraternity or sorority, but I was like, I want to be in a band. <laughs> so you had a band that was performing some of the music that you were writing. Yeah. 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 Um, there were some of my first, like, besides Teddy, um, co-writers and collaborators and that was a good experience. Are any of those early songs that you wrote, like late in high school or those years, did any of those survive into your current uh, repertoire? Uh, Wishful Thinking did. That's okay. about the only one. Yeah, the rest of them kind of faded out. Okay, you, you mentioned um, uh, people, you musicians you looked up to. Were there any particular ones you can think of from that era who may have been a big influence on you from the songwriting perspective? Yeah, um, definitely when I started getting into songwriting... John Mayer was was big for me. Continuum was like, I was like, this is the best record I've ever heard. <laughs> like, this right. is just so good. Like, undeniably good. That was sort of always my, like, I want to play music like that, and I want to, like, write words like that um, and play guitar like that, uh, right. which I probably never will. But, hey, you know, it's good to have goals. <laughs> <Right>. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the Avery Brothers were big for me. I remember, yeah, that was sort of, like, the time where, like, the Lumineers and, like, Mumford and & Sons and, like, um, actually the Wood Brothers were really big for me at that time. And um, I... I just went on tour with them and like this past December. So that was like a really cool, like milestone uh, for me. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I remember hearing the song postcards from hell by them and it just like changed my entire perspective on, um, on creating music and like the reason why, the reason why I wanted to create music. What do you think it was about that song that attracted you? Um, I mean, it's about, uh, let's see, like the, the, the chorus is like, if you ask him why why he sings his blues so well, he says, I have a soul that I won't sell, and I don't read postcards from hell. You know, I mean, like, that just sort of, like, says a lot to me, mm -hmm. at least, personally. Um, it's just, like, it's not about the money or the accolades or, like, you know, it's about the feeling and it's about connecting with people. Right. Um, and, and that just, like, I mean, that just inspired the hell out of me. And I was like, I want to keep that with me. I actually told that to Oliver when we were on tour. It was cool to like tell tell him that that had such a big impact on me. Um, That's neat. Yeah. So what about live performance? Were you able to see many shows? I imagine in Athens you had the opportunity to do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the Georgia Theater was huge. There's a big jam band scene in Athens when I was there. Like Umphreys and... Um, Yep. Let's see, I saw Government Mule there. I saw Tedeschi Trucks there. Yeah, those were huge, um, huge shows for me because I was just like, wow, like this is how you put on a show, you know? Yeah. Um, and that so, was so seeing some of those bands influence the way you approach. Oh, absolutely. Live performance. Yeah, that's sort of like seeing those bands. I mean, it still feels like it'll take a lifetime to get that good. Um, like I'm under no impression that my show is anywhere close to that, but. I'm, I, that's definitely like the goalpost is like, wow, like this energy and this band and like, they're so tight and like every, it's just so, there's so much, um, nuance and like experience there. And like, I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like it's like second nature to them. They're not even mm -hmm. trying, you know? So it's like, that's a, uh, that was really inspiring for me to see like as a college student well, i i haven't had a chance to see you perform live yet that's going to be remedied soon i think i hope um but from the videos i've i've seen of you it seems you really do put a lot into your performance you seem to be pretty fully committed um can you talk about what you think is important to a good live show i mean you've kind of talked around that by seeing these bands but is there anything specific you can talk to 
Yeah, I mean, I guess for my live show, really seriously putting your soul into it and not just like acting like you're putting your soul into it. Sometimes I I probably like sing too loud or too like sort of blow my voice out, but um <laughs> so I'm trying to like learn that discipline, but um in terms of self-preservation. Yeah, just just in terms of like longevity, yeah. But um I try to like really f- even though a lot of these songs I've played a ton of times, like I try to really really just be in the moment with the song and the and the lyrics cuz they are still relevant um to me even if I've written them 4 years ago or 1 year ago or whatever. Everything that's on this record is still still a part of me and it happened to me and it's part of my past so it's yeah. easy to connect with those songs on that level so that's kind of what I channel but yeah as far as like the energy and like putting on a show part like I don't know I want people to feel my like passion for it so in order to do that like I have to actually be passionate about it so which I am um so that kind of comes a little easier um and the playing in the band and like the order of the songs is all kind of intentional too. Um, like every part that we play is, you know, intentional. We've all like thought it out. Every like dynamic dip or like build is intentional. So I think that's really important. Introducing dynamics, like yeah. parts of the, you know, show where it's like really, really big and then you resolve it or you don't resolve it or it goes into a jam and then it just kind of sort of falls off and like it's like this dreamy sonic world. I don't know. I try to do like a lot of different, different things. And you involve your band in that process of working yeah, those things out. Absolutely. Like transitions and everything. So, I mean, all that stuff is, is really important and it makes, it makes the whole difference. Like instead of like stopping between every song, like, which I'm trying to do less of, sometimes you have to, but, yeah. um, but if you can just keep it like going, like as this just one fluid piece, I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, the jam the jam bands had that figured out for sure. Totally, right? yes, definitely. It makes a big difference. It does, yeah, it does. It's like it's more of like a journey than like, hey, I'm gonna play you like track by track, my record. Right. Um, yeah, but I've also done a lot of like solo touring where like, I talk between like every song. So there's it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I like to like introduce a personal level to like, what these songs mean to me, um, as well, because like connecting with people on that level is important too so yeah both of those things are important i think you're right um let's talk about your creative process a little bit so when you write or when you have written do you generally have the guitar in your hand do you have a dedicated kind of process or practices you try and repeat it's different every time um Mm -hmm. sometimes i'll start off and just be like you know mumbling over like a chord progression and it'll turn into a melody and then i'll like the melody and it'll feel good so i'll try to like apply lyrics to the melody that I'm mumbling um and sometimes the right words fall out and sometimes they don't (laughs) sometimes it takes a while yeah um but that's that's typically I mean off the top of my head that's what I do the most to write the guitar yeah just sort of mumbling over the guitar and um and when the right words fall out you because you I do it so much that when I say something like that I actually agree with or feel I'm like oh that's important so you know you sort of write that down and then you follow that muse like sort of wherever you feel like it needs to go. Um, So that's mainly what I do. Um, But there also are like exercises or like, um, like there's this, this exercise by um, Pat Patterson who he wrote a book called writing better lyrics. And um, this thing called object writing is really interesting. And I've 
tried to do it more because it sort of introduces like a more visual aspect to songs and songwriting. Um, it's like you pick an object. Um, I'm going to, God, I'm going to probably do a terrible job explaining this, but you pick an object and you're supposed to like, like you're supposed to use your senses. So like sense of smell, sense of touch, sense of, um, hearing like everything to explain the object supposed to act as like a diving board, um, dipping into like your senses. And even if you like say stuff that's stupid, it's still sort of like a free write type of exercise. We need to talk about your voice for a second if we can. Yeah. It's uh, an amazing, amazing instrument you have. It's powerful, like you mentioned. It, it is. You can get loud, but also you, you have control. But there's a, a, a an expressive quality to it at the same time. So when you're writing, do you think of your voice as part of like your creative arsenal, like you would your guitar or another instrument? Um, when I'm writing, I'm genuinely writing like a lot quieter like I'm singing a lot quieter than um how I usually sing live um because I live in a tiny house with two other people so uh, (laughs) I can't sing that loud um but yeah I guess as far as like the keys that I choose and like where I feel like my voice should sit I think about that but um let me give you an example in the song Grace Has a Gun yeah right the chorus is a series of woes right? yeah right so in that sense your voice is the instrument there right right yeah i guess i didn't really think i was just like i kind of want to just have a chorus of o's <laughs> like because <laughs> i i mean sometimes it's that simple that that sounds like a lazy answer but i mean that that felt right so i was like great let's do this and um then like maybe like the dynamics and the way i sang it i think that gets crafted and introduced when I bring a band into the mix. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the other half to that question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um because when I'm writing I'm I'm sort of just thinking about the song and then when I'm like workshopping it and showing it to my band and you know, we're figuring out where all the parts are going to go, then that that's where that sort of side of my brain comes in of like, okay, we should build here and we should fall off here and all that stuff. It's part of the arrangement, right? Right. Right. Okay, let's talk about the record, Expectations. Um, some of these songs are released as part of a live recording a bit ago, right? So right. what was it like to take these songs that you've been playing and recorded live in the studio, into the, take these songs into the studio with a producer and create these versions? Sometimes it was frustrating. <laughs> like with that song, with Loving Her uh, especially, um, I just wasn't really sure at first, like, how I wanted to record it because I have this live version of it that's kind of like a rock Americana thing and we tried to do that for the recording and I was like no like this is more of like a storytelling like acoustic song Um, so I don't know there were certain things that I realized re-recording some of these songs taking like the things about some of those live versions that were cool but then just like honing them and like fine-tuning them and like just sort of picking moments that were big and right. not not being big the whole time. Because when you're recording, you're kind of like under a, a sonic microscope, you know? So like every little moment in the record is means something. So that's sort of what I learned was that picking your moments is really important. Yeah. Uh, is that another layer of dynamics in a way? Totally. But yeah, I mean, I knew when I did those live versions, I knew I wanted to put 
most of those songs, like on an actual record. You were already looking ahead to that. Yeah, I was already, I mean, I was really wanting to do that first, but um, mm -hmm. this opportunity with our vinyl came up and I was like, it'd be great to have some, just some stuff out there now while I'm, so I can take my time and sort of like work on a record. So that kind of just worked out that way, but um, yeah. I hope that, did that answer your question? It did. Sweet. And it doesn't, even if it didn't, it doesn't really matter. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with the title track, Expectations. First of all, you mentioned before when you write something down that, that fits or means something, you kind of know it. Right. When you wrote the line, you're being way too generous with the fucks you're giving. Yeah. That must have felt pretty good to write that one down. It did. Every time I write a lyric that makes me laugh, I'm like, okay, that's that's either terrible or it's really good. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, that that definitely, yeah, that did feel good. It It felt like sort of like a, I don't know, like a, a, a funny way to say something kind of serious. Yeah. Um, so one of the recurring lyrical themes I pick up and I hear in this record is that of trying to find your way by leaving things behind, right? Kind of matches your personal journey of leaving yeah. home for Nashville, right? Right, right. Um, and I hear that in this song. Can you talk about this song in, in, in terms of that journey that you've been on? Yeah. Um, this song actually came to me last, which felt, which felt really good um, to sort of like, okay, cool. This is, this feels like the last song I'm going to write for this record because everything else is there. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it wasn't necessarily like about like leaving things behind as it was about trying to move forward, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, I guess it is about like sort of shedding the weight of like who you thought you'd be or who somebody else thought you'd be. Um, and being okay with just how you are right now. And that's something that I struggle with a lot. Um, still, kind of. Um, but yeah, it's sort of just like about a personal breakthrough, I guess. Just like feeling like sometimes the answer is to just like not care so much. Um, so to me, it's like a little bit more of a simple song. Like a kind of like a simple point I'm just trying to make of like, hey, just like stop caring so much about like whatever expectations you're putting on yourself or you feel like other people are putting on you. Because sometimes that sort of frees you up to just be and like to sort of just come into yourself a little more freely. Some days I can't get out of my own head Could start by getting out of bed She said one day you know we'll both be dead So why don't we do some living Continuing on that thread of leaving expectations aside and finding your own way, let's talk about loving her. Um, you mentioned the song already. You pretty clearly have something to say here. Right. Uh, and it brings in your religious family background and how that affected you um, as an artist and as a person, obviously. Can you talk mm. about this song? Yeah. Um, and I mean, my, my parents and I have 
since um really they've really since like met me on the other side of this issue so it's awesome it's really cool to see um them because it just i mean the truth of the matter is it took them a few years to like process this um the news of like me you know um it was just like kind of like a dramatic hard time like when i first came out to them and that i don't know it it just can't you can't help but be a little bit like hurt by like your own family having a hard time with that but at the same time i know the background that they come from and i know that a lot of it is tied up in religion and what they've been told their whole lives and um you know that basically rules and like conventions they've always lived by and never questioned so i think most of it was that um and i wrote it after sort of i was talking to my dad on the phone and this was like pretty recent like maybe like a year after i came out to to them and he was it was um when i first started dating my current girlfriend um and i had i was sort of I was dating her for a little bit, but I was just getting around to telling them. And um, he just kind of was like, you know, and we had like a whole conversation about what he thought and then what I thought. And me and my dad are pretty good at having discussions where we disagree with each other without we just like respectfully disagree with each other. (laughs) Like we never hang up and say, you know, hate you or, (laughs) you know, ever. We're always like, okay, (sighs) all right, love you. Bye. You know, even if it's like really, really a terrible conversation or we never reached a solution. So that was one of those. Um, and he was just like, I don't know, Katie, like, I just don't understand it. And, um, the first line I actually wrote down for that song was, um, people, people don't like what they don't understand. And I don't really know if I knew what that meant. Um, and then the second, and then I wrote the first line of the song, which is if loving her is a sin, I don't want to go to heaven. And, um, that's sort of, that sort of just skyrocketed me into like, okay, I know exactly what this song is about and what, what I need to say. And it, I think it took all of like a couple hours and I was like, yep, this is, this is what I've been trying to say for a really long time. It's, it's a pretty powerful song. I'll say that. Thank you. hurts, I'll keep on hurting. If it means staying true to who I am. May not agree, but like me, you're learning. People don't like what they don't understand. No, people don't like what they don't understand. And you can shake your head, you can clench your fist, you can judge all the rods, you can just be pissed. You can say it's wrong, you can say a prayer. So related, and maybe this is a tricky question, and I say this as a parent of a young songwriter myself. So many writers have to come somehow to terms with how they handle or feel about writing about the people in their lives, right? Mm, So in your songs, some of that is done pretty directly. Definitely. So do you, how do you deal with the trepidation you maybe you feel when writing about such personal issues and that you can't really but help but be writing about family and, and people that you're close to? Um, that's a really good question. 
I mean, I guess not every song is, like, about an issue in my... No, it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me re- let me think about this. Um, yeah, I've sort of like written what I feel, even if it's direct and hard to say. And then I've kind of handled it like my life on the on the back end, <laughs> like okay. um, uh, like especially uh, that song Georgia. Um, like I went to my parents and. I told them about the song and then I sent them the song and we, we had like many, many conversations about it. And what I found, um, even when you write about things that are super hard, if it's how you feel and you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of freeing in a way. And it kind of helps you, helps people understand you better, even if it's hard. Um, so I, I feel like through talking about this, um, these like hard issues on like faith and religion and you know my sexuality like um i feel like my parents have have a now a better understanding of me and i have now a better understanding of them so it's sort of like forced Hmm. us to have these like really hard conversations that i don't know if we would have had um if i didn't talk about it in my music you know because it's like they're like okay wow this is this is gonna you know people are gonna hear this so we need to like solve this within our family and like you know within our household and so that when it comes out you know it's like it's resolved and it we don't feel yeah i don't know i i really made sure with the timing on this record that that things were good um yeah. with my parents cuz that was really important to me um but it did take time and there were times when i was it was really really hard but it, in the end i'm i'm glad <laughs> Uh, even though it was hard, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I was so outrightly honest, um, because I really do feel like I'm in a better place with, with them. That's so. great. And it, I think the world's a better place for, for you getting your art out there as well. Thank you. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be brave. But if my grandmother knew, she would roll in her. Another theme on the album is relationships, the good and the bad, and sometimes the melancholy. I'm talking here about the song Out of the Blue. Right. Um, this is one of my favorites on the record. It's I think it's just a beautiful vocal performance. Um, particularly, I think that when you sing the title line in the chorus, uh, did that line maybe in that melody come first when you were writing this one? Yeah, the title, I definitely wrote around the title for this one. I I just really liked the title Out of the Blue and like... I knew I wanted to sort of write a song about how like people can come and go and it's always out of the blue, you know? Yeah. Um, it seemed to sort of sum up like a, 
a big emotion, just that one phrase. So yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely um, started with, because the first line of the song is, you must have come out of the blue, and then I felt like it was appropriate to like repeat it in the chorus at the end, like sort of as the tag as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. has affected your creative process so two parts kind of both from like the practical aspects of being near other musicians and writers but maybe also from how it has affected your state of mind like the big picture of how you approach your creative life now I think before I came to Nashville I I didn't understand like how someone could be a songwriter and like live a normal like just like live a life like I didn't understand how that would would work and now that I know so many people that like do the same like do that and like pay their rent and like you know sometimes have other jobs sometimes don't but like it's totally possible so coming to Nashville like made me realize like this is not a pipe dream if I don't want it to be um and then it also sort of like going to other shows and like seeing just the songwriting like the level of of songwriter that exists here kind of like challenged me to raise the bar in my own writing and um it Mm -hmm. still challenges me sometimes it sometimes it's like it's like a crippling thing you're like oh god i'm like i'm never gonna be as good as that guy but like with the problem with that way of thinking is that's um that's not the point you're not supposed to be like that guy you're supposed to be like you so um that's you know that's really important to keep in mind, but it's also really good to be surrounded by just such talent and such, um, it's constantly making you want to like impress yourself. Um, which is a hard thing sometimes. It's very, very rare that I impress myself. So it's like, yeah. How about collaboration in the writing process? I don't think you've done too much of that in the past. Is that something you're doing now in Nashville or looking to do? Um, I tried the whole, like, let's get in a room at 11 a.m. and come out with a great song by 5, and it's just like, I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it that way. Um, if it's contrived at all, I just feel like it's, I can't be free. I don't know. I just, I feel really like it's like a doctor's office or something. So um, collaboration is, like, the good collaboration has always kind of been spontaneous for me. Like, um for instance, on the record, there's a song called My Mind's a Ship That's Going Down, and me and my best friend Jess Nolan were on tour, like, um, this is before I was, like, signed with an agent, and um, we were we sort of just threw together this DIY tour, and mm-hmm. we we were in Asheville, and we were just 
playing this weird gig, <laughs> but we were sound checking and we kind of like came up with that chord progression and that melody. And she helped me write sort of like, we kind of mapped out the, um, the melody of the song, but we didn't really have any good lyrics, like just nothing, no lyrics that like stuck out to us, but we were just sort of having fun with it. We weren't like, oh, we got to finish this song or anything like that. There's no pressure behind it. So then I was just really excited about it. Um, and we were in Atlanta one night, um, actually staying at my parents' house. And I, there's a room in my parents' house that I would always go upstairs. And it's like a bonus room. I'd always go up there and write um, when I was younger. And I don't know, I just, I took that idea and that melody and I wrote the whole song. But that's like collaboration to me. You know, it's like an accident. It's like this idea sort of falls into your lap and you and a buddy or whatever just like in a room kicking around a progression and then something happens so that's kind of how I like to collaborate as opposed to like let's make an appointment (laughs) you know it's like it feels really weird to me (laughs) okay uh here's a relationship song relationship song with kind of a different vibe Grace has a gun, right? Oh, yeah. This is a particularly intense and affecting song. Um, It's about being in a relationship with someone who is perhaps unstable. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about this one a bit? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I got to be careful what I say on this one. But um, yeah, it was about a college relationship that um, I had with a girl. It was the first girl I dated. Um, And yeah, I mean, she was definitely... She would probably agree if she heard this. She, like, at that time, she was um, definitely dealing with, with issues, um, mental health issues, and wasn't really, you know, seeing any professional on it. You know, she's sort of just dealing with it in a way that, I, I guess, a college girl, you know, would deal with it. Um, but, yeah, it, it was just, um, it ended in, it was just a toxic relationship. Just mm-hmm. somebody who really just kind of needed validation from literally anybody that she could get validation from. And I was sort of wanting to like, um, I don't know. I was wanting to like save her from herself, but in the end I realized like, I, I, I can't do that. I mean, you can't do that for someone who doesn't really want to be saved by you. So, um, I sort of had to learn that, that hard lesson. Um, but that's another thing that I've, I'm lucky to have like gotten a little bit of closure on, um, you know, through, um, thread of really really long facebook messages um <laughs> uh, we've sort of been like okay cool that was um that was years ago and we're good you know yeah people change and people um one big lesson i learned was because i i mean i definitely held a grudge for a long long time i mean when you get your heart broken you're i mean and someone kind of suddenly becomes a stranger you definitely get you definitely just have this like unresolved I don't want to say hatred is a strong word, but just unresolved like dislike towards that person because they hurt you, you know? It's like, yeah. it's only natural. I, I don't know. I just, it taught me that people are not defined by the darkest moments in their life or like their biggest mistakes or like the way that they might have hurt somebody once. Like, I'm sure that they can change and grow from that, you know? Um, so that's what I learned. And it feels, it's it's weird to still sing that song, but it it is a part of my story, so... I I decided to it was important to put it on the record. She don't believe in heaven, just a body and soul. And she thinks the scars on her arms mean that she's in control. 
thought you could convince her that it's all in her head till you come home one night. I find your lyrics, while they're uh, indeed poetic and often witty, they, they have a kind of a straightforward nature to them. I, I really get the sense that it's you speaking in the lyrics. Yeah, for sure. So does this style just come naturally, or is this a product of, of hard work, rewriting, that kind of thing? I, I just, like, I can feel it when something I'm saying or writing isn't genuine. Like, when I've heard it too many times, or I'm, like, so... Sometimes it comes just, like, right out of me, and I'm like, okay, great, that was 100% me, there's no, I don't need to do any tweaking, like, that's what I actually feel. Um, And sometimes it's, yeah, it's a little bit of rewriting, and, like, would I actually say that, or it's kind of takes a couple run-throughs, and then I'm like, ooh, let me just change this word to this, and this feels more like something I'd say. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both, I guess, to answer your question. I just feel like if you don't believe yourself, no one will believe you. So I try to believe myself first. Right. Well, it seems to be working. <laughs> Thanks. Um, one final kind of question here. So you're you're still pretty young, early stages of what looks like you're going to have a great career. But when you look back at your early years in your hometown and then through college and now in Nashville, how do you see your evolution as a creative person changing? Are there things you're getting better at? Are there things you're trying to change or get better at in terms of your writing? Yeah, I kind of am trying at the moment to challenge myself to write a song that isn't about myself, because that's kind of all I did for this last record. And I think that's like, that's definitely a style of writing, but I feel like I'm going to make a lot less records if I have to wait for stuff to happen to me in my life um so i'm so i'm trying to you know because like i don't want to be i don't want to be the kind of person that has to like burn something to the ground to have something to say or like i don't think that's necessary so i'm trying to like figure out how to like i don't know just observe others or observe a situation and like write about that and maybe it isn't about me but i can put me in their shoes or something so i'm trying to be more um, objective, I guess. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like not make every song about my life specifically. Because um, it was also like pretty hard to write a record that way. <laughs> um, clearly, as we talked about, I had to resolve a lot of issues. But it was also healthy and good, and I'm glad I did. But, you know, I want to do a little of both. I think they're both yep. important. So that's what I'm challenging myself on, and that's what I want to get better at. That sounds great. So I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk with us. This has been a great conversation, Katie. Um, And if my calculations are correct, when this episode is actually released, your album will have just come out. So I imagine there's going to be some touring planned. Can you talk about that yet? Should people be looking for you in their their hometowns? Yeah, um, I'm actually going to be at um, Space in Evanston. Um, Excellent. Let me see when that is. Sorry, I don't have these dates memorized (laughs) but you already have a big tour planned yeah yeah i've got i've got it it's on my website and it's on my instagram let's see evanston um on april 10th 
um, at space. And then, yeah, there's about, I mean, there's about like 30 dates on here. So it starts in Dallas, Texas, and then it goes all the way. We just go across the country. We end up in Louisville. Excellent. Yeah. You must be looking forward to that. I'm I'm super looking forward to it. I just sort of solidified a band and we're looking for a tour manager. So like things are coming together. I'm, I'm feeling good. That's great. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. If this is a wonderful record you've got here and I know you must be excited to get out there and, and play it and ha- have it be out in the world. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited. And then I will move on with my life and make another one. <laughs> Do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Katie. Thanks so much. I was broken and been out of shape Everything was a dark shade Never was a sunnier day When you decided to get on that plane It touched down in the Tennessee rain And I had no clue It was gonna be you Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Tell You What, the podcast. Now go listen to Katie's great record, Expectations. Thanks again to Katie for being so generous with her time and with her thoughts on these very personal songs. If you're in Austin for South By, I'll see you at her show there. In the meantime, pay attention to this space. We've got a couple more episodes already lined up that are pretty darn good too. See you then, and remember, music is the best. <laughs>